Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 130. This episode is with Neil Parsley, the physical performance consultant to the FA. Neil came on to talk about how to make the greatest impact, um, taking into consideration different cultures, managers, members of staff, etc. He also spoke about some advice to his younger self and the work-life balance. And then we also touched on private work with players, why players seek it and how to carry it out in the right way. So really interesting chat with Neil. I hope you take plenty away from it. As always, please subscribe to the podcast on your chosen podcast player. So iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, also over on the YouTube page as well. So we're getting a few more people watching the podcast recently. So you can go and check out the video version over on YouTube. Just search Football Fitness Federation. Please make sure you subscribe on any of the players that you listen on. And as always, if you haven't done so, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review because that will help us out massively and give the show a share as well. So a big thank you to Neil for coming on the podcast. And here is episode 130 with Neil Parsley. Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode 130. I'm delighted to welcome onto the podcast, Neil Parsley. Neil, how are you? Ben, really good. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Uh, good to be in. I've seen some of the guests you've had on recently. I feel uh, very humbled to be to get you know to be involved. So uh, thanks for thanks for asking me to come on. Not at all, mate. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you on. I know you've got some great stuff to discuss that we're going to tackle in the podcast. Um, but just start us off by I've not mentioned your current role. So current role is physical preparation. Um, consultant to the FA, along with a few other things as well, which I'm sure you'll discuss in a second. But do you want to just take us back first, mate? Let's go back to your career so far, where you've been, what you've been up to. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's been a while. I give you the we'll do the we'll do the quick version. Eh? It's um, I suppose yeah, started when I was really, I mean S and C wise was while I was I was playing playing rugby league and. Um, sort of again, uh, yeah, like like a lot of like a lot of the guys SNC in the SNC world, sort of you know I, I wouldn't say failed. I mean, I, I would like to have played a few more years pro, but you know I gave it a good go and I think I learned a lot. But off the back of that, when I was sort of 24, 25, I got my first sort of first role, if you like. I was working with England England women's rugby. Um, I was actually working for the English Institute of Sport as like a little part time gig. Um, that and that, that and working for the LTA were my first sort of stabs, and they were only part time gigs. Um, they were my first sort of things in the world of S and C, and that was two thousand and two thousand and one. So um, yeah, 20, 20 years, twenty years, and then from from the sort of part time stuff and trying to build a reputation, um, I got a part time. There was a part time job up in Manchester at the AS uh, English Institute of Sport. So I started there. Um, I think between 2001, 2002, and then very, very lucky to do 10, 10 brilliant years at the EIS. Um, and that's really where I, I learned so much off so many great people. Mark Simpson was, was, was sort of my, my boss, um, was the lead in, in Manchester at the time. And, you know, he, he's really, he was experienced as an SNC coach already and, you know, and was, a, and is a very, still is a very good practitioner and, and a good mate. So I, I learned a lot off, off the whole, the whole network of the IS back in that de- in that day uh, was was just brilliant. It was so open. It was you know the the institute started 
pretty much that 2002 with the different hubs, like Loughborough, um, where else was there? There was there was one down south in there was I think there was one in London. There was one there was a badminton one. Um, I think Milton Keynes. There was one. Where else was there? There was a couple of others. There's one up in the northeast. So yes, it was brilliant because there was no. Everyone was so open, and if you if you we were all sort of there was obviously certain sports depending where you were in the country like. British cycling obviously had the hub in, in Manchester, so that we, we, we'd lead on cycling, disability, I led on disability swimming, uh, wrestling, but then you'd have other athletes around the network, so you'd be, you'd be sort of, other people would be programming your athletes, and we'd be all sort of coordinating networks, which meant actually you'd be phoning up, speaking to the other guys, and discussing programs very, very openly, and we'd get together a lot, which is, is something that the FA do really well now, they get these, they sort of get, just getting people together, and putting days on, um, and the AS did this brilliantly. Um, so the, the lead back in the day was, was well, Raf Brandon. Uh, before that, um, I'm trying to think who the, who the original, who the original national lead was. Probably should know that really. Anyway, <laughs> Raf was Raf was brilliant um, once he took over, and and really encouraged that. We had a we had a conference every year um, for, for for all the disciplines, but. I think it was just it was just a brilliant time, um, Ben. That I, I I say I learned so much as I was as I was doing. Being honest, um, you know, on the job, you 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 can't. It, it's brilliant when you've got so many great practitioners around you. Who and we were all open with each other, very much open. I could go in, I could go and watch Aaron Singh do a do a session with the his um, track and field athletes in Birmingham. Nick Grantham was over there, and I'd go down to Bath, um, you know, over to Bisham, over to Bisham Abbey. It, it, Tom, Tommy Yule was over in was in Sheffield. Sorry, was in Sheffield at the time. You know, it was just it was just a brilliant time to be around the IS, and and that 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 really that really helped me with the foundation. You know, you just need to be writing programs, multiple sports, back. You know, get your foundation as as good as you can, and then then start to specialise. So that was that was ten really really good years, and I say I led disability swimming first one, uh, wrestling, and then taekwondo up from Beijing to London 2012. Um, post the IS, I actually left. We had, we had three kids uh, and one of, my, one of my children, I don't know, just needed a little bit more, little bit more attention, a bit more loving care. Um, and it was going to be a big job for my wife. We had like a little bit of a program to do with him. It, it, you know, so, so I actually made the, made the decision that I was going to become a consultant um, after London, pretty much. I'd done 11 years, 10, 10, 11 years driving from Liverpool to Manchester. And, you know, and, and we needed to focus on, on my son. So thought, right, I've got, got my gym, got my facility, gym facility. And, um, you know, I think as a consultant, um, you know, I, I, I originally I thought, well, I think I went 0.5 at the IS with Taekwondo and was going to try and try and pick up a few other bits and bobs. And then, and then Matt Parker, who was, um, it was head of performance for the for England rugby. Um, you know, there was there was a very small part-time job with England rugby at the time. And that that turned into, you know, to doing a lot of camps and becoming sort of a full-time member of staff leading up to the 2015 World Cup for six months. So so that was like probably a bit of luck. Um, you, you know, I, I do think you make your own luck, but, you know, there, there's obviously sliding doors as well. So that was great. I did three years with, with England rugby. Um, 
and leading up to that, that World Cup. And then since then, I've gone to the dark side, mate. I've gone football, <laughs> football, football mad, um, which is which is funny because football's in my family. My dad actually played, played, you know, played played to a good level. Well, he he was actually at Liverpool as a as a schoolboy, um, played under Joe Paisley and that. So uh, and and Shankly. So um, back in the day, so he, he always wanted me to be a footballer. I hated the game back in the day. It was like I was like, rugby's the one, dad. Rugby's the one. Rugby or athletics. Um, so yeah, so so for the last six years, really, my focus has really been trying to understand and develop my knowledge as a football sort of sports scientist S&C coach. Hopefully awesome. that wasn't too long. No, so. not at all. I was gonna I was gonna ask this um a, a little bit further into the podcast, but I put out to get some questions in. I think this is uh, this is timed quite nicely because Wayne Richardson sent a question in. I'm gonna read it because I'll I won't do it yeah. justice if I don't. But he basically said, um, he, he first of all he said you're one of the one of the good guys in the world of football, <laughs> which is always nice to hear. But um, he also this is what he put. So he put your work speaks for itself. But what would what advice would you give to a young Neil Parsley, knowing what you know now about football slash culture, but also about family in terms of work life balance? Okay, that's cool. Wayne's Wayne's a good guy. Wayne is Wayne's one of the good guys too. He's seen him develop his career as well from in Manchester. Um, that's that's an interesting one, and I know what he's getting out there because the culture of football is so different to to Olympic professional other professional sports. Um, I don't know. As a, from a culture perspective, I think I think sometimes for me going into different sports, this is the way I've always approached different sports. When I went to wrestling. You know, it's it's a different sport. I was a rugby player, so there was a bit of a there was a bit of a crossover. Going into football, I think you've you've got to you've got to try and gain respect. You've got to you've got to you've got to respect respect the sport to some degree and respect the culture. So you can't you know it's all well and good saying right yeah I'm going to come in with some different type type of ideas, but I think and I think that's something that I've done in, in my career. And, you know, you can have them people who go in and say, look, this is you're doing it all wrong. We need to do it this way. That's not my approach, um, yeah. even if I think there's, there's stuff that you can that we can change. So I think from from that perspective, I, I wouldn't the young, the young, younger Neil Parsley. I don't think I'd change that much from what would any advice be? I think, again, respect, respect culture. You've got to you've got to respect some culture, because if you do go in, and, and trying and, and, and not respect it, I think you you, you lose you, you lose the room a, a lot, and and, and then it, you've got to be really strong and you've got to be really really credible. So I think respecting the culture, and then and just trying to trying to trying to develop you know try and stick to your principles. If you've got principles that have got you so far, you know that's there's a reason that you've got you've done 15 years or there's a reason you've done five ten years as a coach. Um, and then just trying to and then trying to get you improve your knowledge, improve yeah. your knowledge. That's what I mean. That's, that's, I'm just I'm speaking from pers- personally here. I, I I've learned a lot, and I'm still learning a lot about football. You know, a, a lot about football. I think the more you understand the sport, obviously it's a, that's a given. But I think just understanding the nuances as well. You know, being able to speak to coaches, being able to speak to players, talking to them about games, talking to them about drills, talking to coaches about. You know, being being curious—that's one of my one of my things. I think you've got to be curious, um, and I think coaches respect that. People respect that in in the industry. If you if you've come from if you're not a football guy 
and you and you are, but you're trying, but you're trying to, you know, you try, you're trying your best. You know, you can try and do a few keeper uppies. You know, you, you practice that that stupid stupid things. But you know, I remember Mark Simpson. Funny, funny, good little story. He started playing basketball. We, we used to play with a basketball actually at the EIS. He started getting a basketball off the front desk, and I'm thinking, why is why is he going out and just practicing his shooting? About three months later, he got a job in the NBA. And he, he, knew, he knew that was coming. That That's classic Mark Simpson. That's what I took from him. He's very, he's a lot more probably blue if you go to the inside, the colours. He's very, very, you know, he's super organised. I'm, I'm not not that not that blue. Anyone will tell you probably that's not one of my super strengths sort of thing. But I learned from him that being organised and being prepared. So, so you know, I'm lucky I've got a, I've got a son who loves football. So I'm, I, I love practicing with him and I'm trying to develop a little bit of a skill. So if a player kicks a ball to you and you you can stop it or you can pass it back and you do some drills, that's important. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So you've got, that's, for me, that's respecting the culture. I did the same in Taekwondo. I ended up going and having a bloody Taekwondo fight. I actually fought in the, the like the, plumbing, whatever you call it, the amateur nationals Brilliant. or something. You know, but that's, that. I think that's, again, that's, that's, that's what it's about as a coach. You've, Got to, I throw myself into things. I do throw myself into things, and I think that's the way. That's the way that that practitioners, you know, the top practitioners do do that. So they can speak the language. They can do as much as they can. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm never going to be a football guy who can who can, you know, do things that people who play football all life. But I've, I like to think that I've I've upskilled myself as much as I can. I watch a lot of football now. I you know I'm a, I love listening to coaches. I love going to different environments. My, my job, I'm very lucky that when I worked at Man City with the loan team, um, I was I was great. That was such a great job because I, I went to so many different clubs and, and was able to watch sessions, speak to coaches. So that was, a, I think, yeah, so so coming back to Wayne's question, I think, yeah, just 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 upskilling yourself as much as you can because um, so, that's what, at the end of the day, that's how you get respect, isn't it? Someone yeah. thinks you've got knowledge. If they think you've got knowledge, you, you carry yourself, carry yourself well. Don't do anything stupid. You know, don't be the guy who, who not blends in, but you don't want to be the guy who's, you know, doing daft things when there's in a meeting or when the training's going on. That's, that's emotional intelligence. That's, that's a big thing. I'm sure we'll speak about that later when we talk about other stuff, but that's a big thing as a coach to, to know when to, to know when to blend in, to know when to challenge, to know when to, you know, because you've, you've got it, you've got to stand up for yourself as well. You can't be one of them guys who just goes along with everything because that's not going to get you respect. Yeah. So I think, you know, um, all of these things I've spoke about, I definitely wasn't, I'm definitely not the finished article and I'm learning all the time. But I think all of these little things that if probably if I could have done better early on, that would be great. But I'm, 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 I'm continually trying to do them better by, you know, by, by, by challenging at the right time. I think, you know, I was in, hot, uh, in Belgium, couple of weeks ago working at working in the club and you know try and challenge the coach and I, I, I could see him when I'm challenging over a drill you know I said just want to ask about that drill you did can I can I maybe just you know ask why you did this and I was looking at the GPS numbers and I, I'm looking at the I'm looking at it with my eyes so I checked the GPS and and I think maybe you know what are you trying to get out of it and, and we had a really good discussion so I think that's sort of and that's where I think that's where you gain respect and that's where you where you're standing in the sport at the end of the day it's a small it's a small world sport isn't it everyone knows everyone and we're all yeah. trying to you've all got your reputation you've all got your reputation so you know 
and you can't do things right all the time, but as much as you can, I think the better, the more experience you get, hopefully the more things you call right, the less things you get wrong, you know, your reputation improves and, 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 and doors keep opening sort of thing. And being in, that, impactful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was, I was just going to add to it, like being impactful as a coach and going into these new environments, like you said, it's so important that we do respect the culture and we build those relationships, isn't it? With other coaches. Yeah. But in terms of like, cause there's a lot of coaches that will go into um, environments and cultures and they will go in and just try and throw everything at it straight away and make a re- real impact in a short space of time, which in the modern world with all these changes in jobs and coaches moving around from different clubs to clubs, it, you can kind of understand it. But at the same time, it's so important, the stuff that you've talked about there, isn't it? Um, so I was going to, I was going to ask about making an impact coaches making an impact, but I'm more, I'm more thinking about coaches that are probably less experienced that are going to go into a role. And what are some of the key things that you think that they need to do to make an impact, but then at the same time, keep that balance in terms of respecting the club, respecting the culture, the coaches and everyone involved? Yeah, cool. A great question. So I can actually give a, a bit of a working example here. So six weeks ago, I was lucky to get a, a Manchester City bought a club in Belgium. So I said, right, okay, we need a sports scientist for six weeks. Um, can you go over and, you know, get stuck in, we need you to help the coach out, the sports scientist left, et cetera, et cetera. Right, okay. So, right, going into a new team, new coaches, I want to make an impact, but I've got to, exactly what you've just said, Ben, you can't, you've got to, got to, got to get it right. You've got to get it right. I've got to go, I, I'm thinking, right, oh, this would be great. What can I, what can I do? I've, I'll go over there. I'm going to suss it out for a couple of days. And then do I give it the full, I want to change everything. We're going three times a day. We're doing this in the warm-ups. And, and, and it's, you've got to do it with, you've got to, you've got to really, this is where the emotional intelligence comes in. And this is where the, you know, the Brett Bartholomew, um, you know, his, his book about, about pretty much understanding that it's not all about the sets and reps. This is where the emotional intelligence, and this is where, you know, you, you know, Nick Grantham put something about him. He, he did a, I forget what it was. He did read something that I thought that was brilliant. He did. Was it? He worked, he worked somewhere a bit random when he was younger uh, in an office, maybe, or you're going to use your experiences. I played a lot of golf when I was a young kid. And I think actually that really helped me because I was, my brother was t- turned pro- professional golfer. So he was, he was really good. I was terrible, but I sort of like, we, we were both there trying to play on a Saturday. The only way you can play on a Saturday is to get a senior handicap. And the only way to, to, to get a senior handicap is to play competitions with, with other members. So you're playing, you're playing literally with a, like a surgeon, you know, you've got an array of people, generally all two, three times your age. I'm 14, 15, and you've got four hours. And you've got to speak to these people. Yeah. So I actually, I think that, and I'm not saying I'm the most emotionally intelligent person in the world, but I think that really, that, that sort of, that sort of really helped me because I had to, had to think about questions, had to answer questions, not being stupid because you've got four hours with this, these people, you've got your reputation in the golf club. So I think this, it's a really, maybe a, a daft example but I think you've got to have that emotional intelligence and that's that's huge going in to make an impact you've got to know does the impact go bang as you say or do I I think I like to when I was there in Belgium I've gone right okay first few days let's go with let's go with the structure that the old guy put in place yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this I'm gonna go with the timetable for the probably the first week I'm only there six weeks but I think I can do the first week let's look at the timetable 
Let's look where he's got his his gym sessions. Let's look what he does for his his warm ups. You know, get, speak to the other coaches. Do, I, I was in quarantine, so I actually was great. It was great speaking to the physio and the other coaches. Right, what's gone in the what's gone on? Because again, you you can't not ask that question. You've mm. got to ask the question of what's been going on because there might be some brilliant stuff or stuff that the coach absolutely loves. So by asking them questions, the coach said, yeah, I always like the, the warm to finish with the ball. Yeah. Because then, then I feel like I can go into my possession drill and they've had the, they've had the foot on the ball. So that, that little, that, that was just from asking questions. That was me asking questions, doing my due diligence. So I would say to make an impact, make sure you do some good due diligence with, with, with the environment you're going into. If you can go and observe, go and observe, go and see what's going on. And then you might go, right, I go, okay, well, <laughs> the gym the gym floor is like an ice rink. So I can't be doing all the things that maybe I want to do in, a, in the gym session. I'm going to have to take my, my dynamic gym stuff outside. Yeah. So these are all things that, again, I had to, had to deal with. But I think that, that initial impact that you just said, it is really, really important to get the to, 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 to plan it out, to plan it out. And I'm thinking, right, if I go in, I want, and then I, I, you know, I even thought about, right, what's my first session like? Well, how do I want to be, how, how am I going to introduce myself to the, to the players? Mm. How do I, you know, that literally, these are all things that you've got to prepare yourself for. And I think over preparation, the mark, my, in my head, my, is Mark Simpson in my head, my first sort of like second, first mentor, he over prepared everything. And that was a real good, real good um, example for me. So going into going into any new situation with a new athlete, make sure you're prepared. Know what you're going to do. If you can observe, if you know, find out what's gone on before. That is massive. That is huge. You you cannot just throw everything out the window. You know, I, I think that's I think that's really really dangerous. Um, and, and if if there has been a load of stuff going on that that you that you want to get rid of, you know, you can, you can get rid of it. But you've just got to you've got to know the people. Then people the, the coaching staff the sports science medical staff, they're probably going to, they're going to be a lot happier if you've got a better relationship with them. If you start sacking stuff off, because some of them people who are still in the club have probably put them things in place. So if yeah. you come in, actually it was a good one. What match day warm up? So match day warm up. One of the players comes over to me after sort of two weeks, my first match day warm up for this game player comes over to me and says, um, Neil, we do, we do obviously a possession within the warm up. I'd like to split it because we've been starting slow. So I want to, I think we should split it in two. And the last thing we do before the sort of last few sprints is go back to the possession. So I've gone, right. Okay. This is the captain's said this to me. So I've mm -hmm. said to the, the physio, right. What do you think about this? And he's gone. Sounds, sounds, makes sense. They want, they want to fast. They've been starting poorly. Makes sense. Speak to the coach. Watch the coach say, yeah, great. The coach, assistant coach. I actually made a mistake. The, the assistant coach was in quarantine. So I spoke to the assistant coaches who were there on the day, but actually missed the coach that was in quarantine. He was the guy who does the match day warm up and put it all together. So I, I did, I thought, right, I've got to make sure I check off the physio, the head coach, the assistant coach, but the guy who wasn't going to be there, I didn't actually check it off with. So anyway, so we go, he comes back the, the following week and it went well, we won the game. So we've done this split possession. So I'm, I'm said to the captain, should we stick with it? And he's gone, yeah, I think we should stick with it. I've gone, great, we'll stick with it. This new assistant coach has come back in. I didn't, he, he knew about it, but not enough. I didn't do enough. 
So in the warm up, when we're going to it, he was a bit like, he was a bit, and I'm saying, I'm running it, Peter, it's fine, it's fine. And it was a little bit awkward. And you know, when you look back and then luckily I'd built up a good relationship with him with lots of other stuff. Yeah. So when I, I said to him uh, that night, Peter, I dropped the ball. I, um, I didn't consult you about that warm up fully. I'd spoken to everyone else, but you, and I, and I laughed about it with the head coach as well. I said, flipping, I've, 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 I've dropped a bit of a clangor here, haven't I? And then when I spoke to him, he said, it's not, it's not a problem. I said, well, it is for me because I don't want to come in and stamp on someone's, you know, you, you, you're stamping on some, you don't know how important things are to people and you've got to be really, really aware of that. So, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a funny one, but again, it's just, it's just, uh, I, I missed that one a little bit. Tried to do as much as I could with everyone, but missed the, Missed the guy who wasn't there, but he's the one who set it up. So I think it's just a good little example. And hopefully if people are listening to this, you know, I'm sure they can, they'll be smiling about times when they've, they've not communicated or not done things. Um, but I think for, for young practitioners, even for, for people who have been doing it a while, one, you can get things wrong. And you've got to just put your hands up. I put my hands up, said to him, Peter, I'm really sorry, Dutch guy as well. So you can imagine, I was thinking, oh, you could flipping give it me. But he, he was cool. We, we built up in two weeks a good little rapport. Um, and then, you know, yeah, and put your hand up if you make a mistake, but try not to, try, obviously try not to make them mistakes and, and plan and, 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 you know, plan things. Can't be getting, getting well prepared. I think there's huge takeaways in that. Not only the fact that you've said about making the mistake, but everything that came after that as well. Like the reaction to it is probably more important than the the mistake in the first place because we all do it, don't we? And the yeah, reaction and the sort of the other thing that I find fascinating as well, speaking to coaches like yourself, people always pick out um, times in not necessarily the career, but just the life in general where the, where you talked about emotional intelligence sort of soft skill development and you've give the golf example loads of other coaches give it examples of working in bars working in like cafes where they've had to speak to people and i think that's so important as well because then when we fast forward to this time and this happens you've got the skills to be able to have that conversation and, and it could be an awkward conversation but you've got the skills because you've come across a lot of different personalities and people haven't you yeah mate it, it's so important i mean that is i i, I Again, I've got you've like like yourself got a gym um, facility, and I've got sort of eight nine coaches, and that, and there's there's a few of the guys young and they're so hungry to get into sport, and they you know what I, I say to them guys, you you know you on on sets and reps and you know and and some of the and some of the strength development work, and I see how much they read. I say, guy, trust me, you probably know more than I do, but yeah. trust me it's not about the sets and reps all the time. And Brett, Brett does a great job in, in his book talking about that, doesn't he? You know, um, it, it, it really is down to, you cannot, you cannot believe how often it's about the other stuff, about, about just being able to communicate with people, having a bit of a, having a bit of a laugh with people, knowing when to, knowing when to try and have a laugh with people, knowing when not knowing when you need to be serious and, and, and being, being good at friendships and, and maybe, you know, um, you know, flexing your personality. And that all comes from, as you just said, that all comes from dealing with people. We're in, we're in the business of people. Um, so you've got to, you know, as a, if, if you're not, if you don't enjoy that, if you don't enjoy that, I, you know, I, I joke with some people and when I'm trying to, you know, get people asking, oh, you know, can, can we have a chat and help me out with my, you know, I'm, I'm right at university. And, I, and I'll, I'll be honest and say to people, you know, if you prefer 
sitting on a computer and doing research, then maybe that's for you. There's loads of stuff out there that, that, that suits. Because if you don't enjoy having to deal with new people and conversations and like that, maybe that coaching, that interaction is not for you. And, 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 and there's loads of people who are far better than me at data analysis and all that sort of stuff. That, that is definitely not my bag. So, you know, if that, if that, was, my, if that was something that I was looking towards, I'd, I'd be saying to me, get away from that. Don't, don't do that because I can do it, but I'm much happier in a, in a, per, in a personal sort of role, obviously, which is, which is coaching that we do. So yeah, it's, it's so important that it's, you know, doesn't matter what job, job you can do, just get out there and meet people. I always say that young coaches just write programs for your family, write programs for anyone who does sports, anyone you can interact with and practice that the art of coaching with, the more you can do, the better. Yeah, 100%. A little heads up on the month ahead on our online community. We've got a number of different webinars upcoming for our community members based on female strength conditioning. We've got um, a webinar from a tech company, equipment company, and then also a practitioner presenting on some of the apps and tech that are available to use out on the field as well. So, some really exciting webinars upcoming. We've also we're also going to be announcing a new partnership or discount for our members as well. So just keep an eye out for that. Um, so if you're not already a member of the online community, you can go to footballfitfed.com, click the community tab, sign up there. That will give you one month free on the community. After that, it is only four pound ninety nine per month. So if you're not already a member, go to footballfitfed.com, click the community tab, sign up there. If you're already a member, you obviously, hopefully you're in the WhatsApp group and you will get all the information about the upcoming webinars. Some that are going to be live, some that are going to be pre-recorded, and then you can make sure that you're able to view them. I'll leave you to part two of the podcast with Neil Parsley. I'll just make sure we cover the second bit of Wayne's question as well, which yeah, was sorry, go on. about work-life balance. And I think this is really important because... Obviously, like you mentioned, you've got you've got a family and there'll be a lot of coaches out there that are either maybe starting a family, wanting to start a family, or have already got kids and a family. Um, I think it's a really hard question, to be honest. So all the best. This is, this is a crazy topic, you know. Um, guy Nick Chad, um, I don't know if you've had him on. A great no. guy, uh, was the head of sports science for the Manchester City Academy. He's worked at the IS. Real top guy. We had a massive conversation about this because he's, 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 he's got two daughters and they're... Wrong. I think they're about three and five, and and I literally I remember I remember we had our first child two thousand and six, and then I and then second came along just literally Beijing. I was away in Beijing for been I think luckily about a week. I got home and she had to shed the baby. Um, <laughs> it's one of the biggest things. It's one of the toughest things, and that's why I'm a I'm a consultant. That is why I've I've become a consultant because. I set up the gym with Colin, uh, my partner. One of the reasons was I saw the job, our, you know, the world of performance is, is global. And I, was thinking, I remember thinking, right, at BIS, things are going well. I want to try and you know, move up the ladder and thinking, wow, God, these jobs. Now, if you want to, if you want to head a performance job, it could, it's going to, could have to be in Australia, America. And I've got this family set up. I've got, you know, wife, two babies, got a local job. And I know you can take your family and move them, absolutely no problems. But at the time, we just sat down and said, right, if we start a facility, keep doing what I'm doing, but maybe having that anchor 
allows us to do other things and be able to come back and, and, and as a, as a consultant. And that's what, and that's what, that's what we did. And we planned it. We planned it out, me and my wife, because it, you know, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure that the guys who work full time in clubs, you know, it's a six day, seven day a week job. It is full on. And, you know, I wasn't willing to risk um, my, my family um, being honest. Ben, I think you've got to, it's a serious, serious question because and I think it's people have got to respect it as well. People have got to really, really know what they're going into, you know, because if you go and work full time with a program and you want to, you want to do everything you can, you've got to, you've got to put yourself into it. It's, it's not a nine to fiver, you know, and it's definitely not a finish it. Even if, even if it was nine to five or it's not, or it's 10 till seven in the morning till four in the afternoon, we all still, and you're almost, you know, if you're not reading, if you're not doing stuff, you know, you, you, you feel like you're falling behind a little bit. But I think that's the way we're all very curious and the body's the body, sport is sport. There's so much to learn. So we're all, we're all trying to, we all do so much outside of them hours as it is. So I, I think it's, it's a really interesting one to say the way, I, the way I dealt with it to answer Wayne's question was to become a consultant. And that's, that's why... That's why I've sort of set myself up and I'm, I'm lucky that I've got, you know, I've got a really cool facility with great people and I'm, I'm lucky that I, I get, I get roles. I get roles, you know, come across, come across roles. You know, you sort of, you, you do one role, you do a really good job. Hopefully it, it leads to other things. So I think there's, there, there is that, the, the great thing is there is an option of the, of the consultancy. Hmm. You know, it's not just the full-time job anymore. And I, and I respect the guys who do the full-time jobs massively, um, but everyone's different and it, and it's great. I mean, it used to be in the fire brigade, there only used to be full-time jobs. My wife was one of the first female firefighters in, in Cheshire to have, to have children and, and she got a job share. So she works uh, one, one day, one night instead of two days, two nights. Mm. So things, things change things, you know, the world's changing and, and, and S and C performance sports is exactly the same, you know, 30 years ago, people didn't know what personal training was. Yeah. I think 10, 10, 15 years ago, was there any consultants, S&C consultants? Probably not really, you know, and, but there's, there's more, there's more ways now to, to have a bit of consultancy. I think you've got to be humble and I've, I've, you know, in between consultancies, I'm, I'm coaching at the local school doing, doing, you know, for our foundation, I'm going out doing, doing stuff for the foundation. I think, you know, that's where your, your humility comes in. You know, if you are going to be a consultant, you might have to you might have to do things that you think, whoa, you can't be thinking, oh, wait there. I was working for England rugby the other week, and now I'm coaching the under twelves. So I've, yeah. I've done I've done that. I've literally I've literally done that. I've been on Six Nations camp, come back, and then I'm with the the under twelves at my local rugby club with my son. Or you know, next week when I come back from the Euros, um, my son Alfie plays for Wilco Nor 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 Norris Green in the middle of Liverpool. I, I do their warm-ups. I do uh, I'll do 20 minutes before their sessions on a Thursday night if I'm around. So I think you you know to answer the question, it's flipping not easy. The work-life balance, I think it's very, very individual. You need everyone's got different situations. How much how much do you commute? How many hours do you want to, you know, do you want to devote to your family? How many kids have you got? Is your wife easy going? Is your wife want you there more? I think it's, 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 there's probably a book. There's probably a book to be read on all the different things that, 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 that answer, that you could answer to that question. What I would say is, is just 
there is there's a lot more there's a lot more options nowadays. You know, yeah. I think you know, with like like yourself, God, you've got you've got your facility, you've you've got your consultancies, you've got your podcast. You know, there's lots of different options nowadays mm-hmm. um, in in this world, which I think which is great. I think we've all learned a lot about Zoom as well. You know, we've all learned a lot. We probably don't need to travel as much as we do, or we can be a bit clever with other stuff with meetings. So, you know, it, it is a it's a real interesting question. I'm glad Wayne's brought it up because. Um, I know, you know, I know, I know he's got, you know, family wise as well. It, it, it's a tricky one. It's a real tricky one trying to get the balance because like you're almost, you're almost got to go, right. I'm a turning the tap onto my career. If I turn the tap onto my career, does that mean I've got to turn the tap down to my family? Yeah. Probably does a little bit. But then if you want to go right, flipping heck, I've got, I've got, you know, wife's got three kids under five. I can't really be turning the tap onto my career and that because yeah. something's got to give. You know, so it's blooming tough, blooming tough one. I've got to say, and I don't think enough enough people don't speak about it. Um, and it's good, it's a, it's a, it'd be good to speak more about it with other people because there might be other solutions that I've that I've not thought of. That that you know, being a little bit clever with this and that. I say that's the, the consultancy for me is trying to you can sort of obviously you're you're your own boss to some degree, but obviously some things come up like you know I, I lost a fair bit of work last year. So a six-week consultancy comes up overseas, going to take it because yeah. financially, financially, it, you know, it's a, it, it was an, it was a really nice little role as well. But you know, it's it's an interesting one. I think it's a it's a really interesting topic, Ben. I do, and I don't think there's a there's a specific answer to it. I think it's more of a discussion, isn't it, and an ongoing discussion. And like you say, getting people's different perspectives on it, I think, is really important because hopefully people can take a little bit from different people on the approach they yep. take. Um, I'll tie in with the consultancy now as well, because I was going to ask about sort of private work with players. Cause you see it as a, a yep. trend now, don't you? Especially the last probably two, three years, especially with social media and everything, you get a bit more of an insight into p- players and who they're working with. Yeah. Why do you think it is that players are seeking it more or, or are they seeking it more? Or is it just we're, we're seeing it more? Do you think? Yeah, I, I think they are. I think, I think a to say it, it's a very it's it's an American model a little bit. I think you know, like when you hear LeBron James spends a million million dollars a year on his on his on his team, you know, I think people have started going, okay, well, you need to take you need to take a little bit of if he's doing that, you know, and the, and the, the guys are earning the money that they are, can they have a team outside? I mean, the thing I want to say about this, Ben, is mm. the people in the clubs. There is some super clever, super, you know, organized brilliant teams and, and there's a lot of a lot of great practitioners within the club so I you know I feel I don't I don't feel bad when I say I feel bad I feel that sometimes it's seen that you know the people the consultants outside sometimes yeah don't do themselves any favors maybe putting videos on and mentioning things I think you've got to be really careful with that because I think you've got to you've got you've got to you've got to again be a bit humble and go you know what if someone's taking care of someone for 80 percent of the week the training week and I'm or 90%. I'm just doing I'm doing a few hours and I speak to them a bit. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to degrade what the consultant outside of the clubs do. But I think you've just got to respect what goes on within the clubs for me. Cause I because I I I know how much good work goes on within a club. But sometimes a player, to answer your question, sometimes a player just wants one-to-one. Yeah. Sometimes they just want that one-to-one and you know, other times it might be they don't click with the sports scientist, strength conditioning coach, performance coach, whatever. So there's that. It comes down to sometimes they just want one-to-one. 
they get that little bit, they, they feel like they're getting, you know, you know, getting the balls tickled. Is that a bit, a bit wrong to say? But, you know, that there's, there's, that, there's that side, there's that side of it. I'm not saying that that's what all the consultants do, but you're just giving them, showing them a, showing a bit of love. <laughs> showing them a bit of love. It could be all wrong. You're showing, you're showing them love, sorry, is a better way of putting it. You're showing them a bit of love and you've got a bit more time. A guy who's got, you know, in the clubs is the ratio, what, one to six, one to seven, one to eight players. Tough for a practitioner to get that one-to-one time with every one of them players. So I think, you know, it, let's let's be real now. It is, it is, it is here. It is, there's a lot, there's more work for that. But I think, you know, and again, the people in the clubs, the ideal way for me to, for it to work, and I've got this relationship with one club, is that you speak to the coach, S&C, sports scientist within the club, so you know what's going on. So then when you're doing something external with their players, because they're their players, yeah. not your player, they're their players, um, then that, for me, that's how it works great, because then there's, there's communication. You know the load, you know the load, you know, as much as you think you want to know the load, if you don't speak to that person... You speak to the player as much as you want, but you still don't understand what they, you know, what what they've done in a week. So, so that's the way I prefer to work. If I'm do, if I'm working with a player um, externally, um, I like to I'd, I'd love to have some kind of communication with the club. It doesn't have, you know some clubs don't like that. They don't want to do it that way. You know, then then it's then it's a tricky one. You just have to do what you can do, and then and then that comes down to a bit of experience and and again just knowing knowing what knowing what players are doing, obviously asking a lot of questions, asking a lot of questions is, 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 is huge. Um, experience is massive, obviously when this, because you can't, you can't just be waded in with crazy programs and, you know, you gotta be so careful, gotta be so careful. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely something that's come more and more. And I think it is that, I think it is that one-to-one attention. I think individualization is key. And if unfortunately sometimes clubs can't give it, um, a lot of the time they are giving it, but the players just want want that more, a little bit more individual attention. Yeah, and again, that's been something common that's come up when I've asked a similar question to that. Um, essentially, they're individuals in a team sport, aren't they? They've, they've still got to look after themselves. Like yeah, they have. They have. And, and and you know, yeah, they want they want to they want to try and squeeze they want to try and squeeze you know the, the clever guys. They want to squeeze everything out of themselves. Yeah. So if they can have their own physio who just gives them a little bit more or their own S&C coach, their own nutritionist, their own chef, you know, all these little things and they can afford them and they think that it's going to help them. And, and th- let's not forget this bit, psychologically conf- confidence, you know, that is massive. It's huge. So if someone speaks to someone, does a, a session, does, you don't, you know, there's so many different things. You know, there's shooting coaches out there, there's technical coaches, isn't there? There's, there's so many different people, the sleep coaches. For that player, if that gives them that that confidence, psychological, it, you know, it, that little edge, and they go and they play better for it, well, you know what? I think the people in the clubs sometimes have got to go, well, because I know, you know, I speak to some of the guys in the clubs and they're going, you know what? I think if it's done properly, I can, we can, we, we, we get it. Some people say don't like it, but I think that, I think the clubs have got to come to terms. I know NBA, I speak to Mark about the NBA in, um, in America and they've all got their own sort of PTs and, and stuff like that. And, and he says, you know, it's just, it, that, that's a thing. We try and communicate as much as we can and we know it goes on and you know, that it's just, that, that is, it, it, it happens. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's uh, accepting that, isn't it? Because it, the more we fight it, it's not it's not going away. Like there's more players that are going to probably seek it. So it is a case yeah. of, from both sides understanding both points of view, isn't it? And getting on with yeah, it. Yeah, it is. It is a tough one from the club. I think again comes back to what we just spoke about. Probably it's that having that emotional intelligence to respect yeah. the club, to respect the people in the club. It's their player. And they're with them 90% of the time. So you've got to do a really good job if you can on managing that, managing that, um, managing that, um, the team, managing, if you're going to try and be part of that team to some degree, you know, people would laugh at that and say, there's no chance they're part of the team. But if you're going to to be part of that sort of, you know, yeah, you've got, there's a team outside of the main team. You've still got to try and have the comms and do the right thing. Think it's it's so important. Um, it's a, it's a tricky subject. It is a very tricky subject because, as I say, you know it it is going on more and more. I, I think that you've got to be very careful with again the, the the social media. You know, I've heard of like you know, this is not a not a dig at like technical coaches, but like you know, a guy scores a goal. This this is this is this is someone telling me this um, at, a, at a club. You know, the the club working working hard with the player. He's got a an external coach who's helping him with shooting. He scores, he scores a goal. The guy's all over social media. Yes. We've been practicing that for weeks. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, got to be very careful with that for me. It's like, you know, again, that's just, be, just have a bit of humility about things and, and do the right thing. So. Yeah. It's know, an interesting one though, Ben. It's an interesting one. It certainly is. Yeah. Now, where are you the time, mate? Because I know you've got much more oh, yeah. important chats than <laughs> to talk to me. <laughs> but so um, we'll just move. We'll just move it on. I just wanted to go on to some of the questions we asked at the end of every podcast, and I know you probably um, answered this somewhat, but there might be a few others that you've missed out. But I wanted to yeah. ask, who've been some of the biggest influences on your career so far? Okay, um, that's a good one. Um, yeah, the EIS guys, obviously. That you know, I hate to. So many, there's so many names that I could, you know, you can run through Matthew Robinson, Jeremy Moody. There was a just, I would just love to say any of the guys that worked at the EIS, um, whether it was to be fair, physios, analysts, all the different, there's physiologists. The, the, the group is huge. I, I, I learned probably something off basically every one of them because it was such a good group. Um, Mark Simpson, obviously, very, very big. Um, guy called Jez Green, actually, he's not in football, he was, he's a tennis, tennis, tennis yes. SC. Uh, he was he was massive for me. He was like my first sort of mentor, if you like. So he was he was great. Um, I'm really lucky. There's a guy called Lee Halftech. He's a physio. Uh, he lives behind me now. I work with him at Taekwondo, the GB Taekwondo. He is super clever, super clever. Totally, you know, one of the physios. It's like you know, it's generally about strength or sort of biomechanics. There, he's a really really clever physio, and 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 sort of I, I enjoy working with him. I've learned so much with him off off him over the years. Um, a guy called Danny Murphy is is at Charlton. Then he'd be great for you to have on the podcast. He's the he's the physio for the under twenty ones. He's a really really cool guy. He's he's he was actually so Gareth Bales, Gareth Bales, um, physio. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying, um, but he's a really he's a, he's a, he's a top practitioner. You know, been around a long time, understands the game, understands so many cool things. So um, so yeah, so so there's God, I mean. There's just so many great influences nowadays. Yeah, you know, I, I, I literally, you were so lucky that you know back in the day there was none. There was other than the people you spoke to. That was yeah. it. You know, and, and a couple of books. Now, now it's 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 infinite. How many people? You know, the guys over at Altis. I love I love looking at their stuff. 
you know, um, yeah, you know, it, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Um, Canadian. Oh, I can't believe it. I was reading something from, there's, there's obviously Stuart McMillan. And then there's a guy at the Canadian Institute. Um, uh, oh my God, it's going to kill me. I'll, I'll, I'll remember it. Yeah, he's, he's a really good strength coach. Um, names went off my head. But there's there's just so many great people out there. So from an influence point of view, you know, God, we're so we, we are lucky. We're so lucky. You know, Mike Boyle was having a facility, seeing what he's doing. You can't sort of it'd be, be rude not to mention him. But there's there's so many good, good people that I've, I've worked with, and, and you know, coaches. You can't you can't you know you can't you know Stuart Lancaster worked in England. Um, you know now Aidy Boothroyd. Yeah. Um, there's so many great coaches around the England setup. I'm and I'm actually to be fair, mate. It'd be the guys at the FA. I've got to say are you know super clever what's going on at the fa nowadays i really am standing on the shoulders of giants at the fa um you know bryce cabana ben rosenblatt martin evans and and all the other guys guys and girls there there's so many great clever people um so 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 they're they're they're, they're that's like so people always talk about past influences so it's great nowadays isn't it we've got influences that you just current and i'm learning learning still learning off all the time yeah 100%. No, that's class. What about um, your biggest strength as a practitioner? God. <laughs> what would you say? I don't know. It's good to ask other people, haven't you? But I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, I think maybe communication and, you know, hopefully a bit of emotional intelligence. I think that's, a, that's such a big thing. You can never, you can never underestimate that, that side of coaching. Um so I think I've always, the, the, the relationship with an athlete, this is what I've sort of, I suppose, sensed and been told and that, that getting, getting the athlete to understand what I'm trying to get them to do. So I think there's a, there's a, real, there's a real big thing about that education, education without being too educational because, yeah. you know, athletes don't want to feel like they're at school. Yeah. But trying to... So it's trying to simplify, hopefully that maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just simplifying things to athletes and coaches that makes them feel comfortable that I know what I'm doing and, you know, and things go in the right way. So yeah, I think that that's sort of like, um, you know, that's probably not as much that's, that's, that's coaching, isn't it? Rather than the actual nuts and bolts of S and C. But I think that's sort of that relationship of, of getting an athlete to understand what you want them to do. I think I th- hopefully that's that's one of my strengths. That's massive. Yeah, I think that's really important. What about um, any recent CPD that stands out for you? So not necessarily just courses, but it might be podcasts, webinars, um, research. Yeah, yeah. Any is there anything that sort of stands out recently? Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, I was lucky. The FA got Jonas Jonas um, Speedworks. Yeah, Jonas I had a day. Had a day with Jonas, Damien Harper. Yeah. So he's super clever. Uh, sort of call it, call him me D cell, D cell, D cell God. Um, <laughs> so, you know, he, he, you know, I think he's unearthing some really, really cool stuff about deceleration, breaking mechanics, breaking, breaking force, all that sort of stuff. So I think so I had a day with Jonas, Damien and, and Joffy from the IS it was on, on sort of like sleep. Um, that was, that was an awesome day. That was one of them days you'd come back and go, I know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I am rubbish. I need to sort myself out. So, um, 
yeah, that that was that was pretty awesome to be fair. As a CPD day, I think, um, yeah, that that was really cool. And actually, you know, I had a brilliant experience. My daughter last night was a she's a gymnast. She's ten, so I listened in on a, a Zoom. I sort of watched it. She does this really cool warm up that they put, put to music, and it, I, I love it. But then I just thought, you know, what, I'll listen and listen for a half an hour, and some of the coaching cues and some of the the detail and the exercise, she's like, she's on, a, she's on a bar, she's doing handstands on the wall, she's doing some of the core stuff. And I actually, you know what, I actually thought, I've just had like a mini CPD there myself. Yeah. You yeah. know, so you can you can get CPD from so many different places again nowadays. 100%. But that, yeah. was, that was a nice little one last night. I thought, you know what, that's a great, there's a great coach coaching cue on on, on pelvis. That's, wow, that, that's, that is superb. That's sort of a, yeah, so... That was that was like literally last night, but that that day last year with the FA was 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 very good. Them guys are are top of the you know the sort of like I don't know someone called you know the wizards the wizard of a certain special speciality um, is you know them, them guys are super cool in them in them in them areas. Yeah, definitely. And then just finally, mate, what would you say is and, and you might cover this already, but what would you say is like the most important trait or one of the most important traits that you feel a coach should have to be impactful with their players? Yeah, I think I'd come back to communication, being a good yeah. communicator, being a good communicator, because without it, you can have literally the best program in the world. And if you cannot communicate it and let the player, the player's got to buy in, they've got to understand it and, and then deliver it. So obviously you, that's where the coaching, the whole, there's a whole raft of, of what you, the art of coaching. So it's getting into, you've got to get the information. You've got to put it into the right program, make sure they understand it and then help them deliver it to the best, to the best of their ability. So I think, I think that whole, that sort of communication piece, I do think that's key. I mean, that's what, to be fair, I'm not very clever and I've learned a lot as I go on. And that's what's, that's what I think's helped me that that sort of that that sort of buy-in of whether it's a coach or whether it's an athlete i think that that for me is you know, that, that's something i've hung my hat on a little bit you know i say i definitely there's there's I think thousands of coaches know a lot more than i do but um but that's my thing that i can sort of you know make that relationship do it quick assimilate the the words and what i want simple terms you know i think that that's that's a massive thing we've got to, got to remember Blumenet. These lads, these footballers, the girls, they're not sports scientists. Yeah. You know, the coaches, they're not sports scientists. They need things simple in simple terms. So hopefully that's, I, I would say, you know, if trying to develop that side as a coach, if you are reading books all about sets and reps, and, and don't get me wrong, it's, it's important to know how things adapt and, you know, your methodologies and stuff like that. I'm not, not, not saying it's not important. But the other side of the the other side of the fence of the the sort of soft skills, as you say, non technical skills. I just think that is so important because you've got to speak to people. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to speak to people, and you've got to be able to carry carry yourself in the right way. And 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 you say we're all in meetings nowadays. There's so many meetings, and there's so many coaches meetings, and you know MDT meetings. You've got to know when the right time to speak, when the right time not to speak, when to listen. So I think that, that, that for me is, is huge. Brilliant. Well, we'll wrap things up there, Neil. I really appreciate you coming on, mate. This has been absolutely class. Um, no, it's good to speak. Really, really enjoyed it. 
Just finally, mate, do you want to, if anyone wants to follow you, like, have you got, where would you direct people? Would you say to follow on Twitter, Instagram, or a bit of both? Um, I suppose, I suppose Instagram, I've got my own Instagrams, but to be honest, I, it's all about my family, really. Yeah. Um, so there's probably not really much interest there. Um, I'd go for the gym, uh, underground training station, UTS gym on Instagram. Um, I think that's, you know, we, we like to try and put out, um, you know, in, in, inspire, motivate, educate. You know that that's our that's our that's our thing with the with the website. So I think there's there's hopefully some stuff on there. We'll try and obviously mix it up. It's for the it's for the members mainly, but we're always trying to trying to do some really you know interesting stuff on there. So you know that, that that's probably a good good place to look. Brilliant, mate. Well, really appreciate your time and best of luck with the reopening as well. Hopefully, oh yeah, twelfth of uh, twelfth of yeah. um, April, just yeah. around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. No, top man. Really appreciate it. We'll stay in touch. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Ben. Bye. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to episode 130 and a special thank you for Neil for giving up his time and coming on the podcast. I know he's super busy at the moment, just got back from over in Belgium. So I really appreciate him making some time and coming on the podcast. Just before we go into some of the takeaways, I know Neil wanted me to point out is the coach that he couldn't remember the name to just at the final part of the podcast and it was Matt Jordan. So the director of sports science at the Canadian Sport Institute. Um, so he's at Jordan Strength over on Twitter. So I recommend that you go and give him a follow. Um, you can go and follow Neil as well. So at Neil O.P., Go and give him a follow as well. And then also his gym. Um, so you can check out his gym, UTS Gym, on over on Instagram as well. Takeaways for me on this one, where he spoke about respecting the sport and the culture. So when you're coming from outside of football, stepping into football or any sport, to be honest, respecting the culture that's already in place and um, stepping back, making sure that you, you watch everything that's going on, you ask those questions, and then you can take into consideration your actions without sort of flying in. Um, and trying to put loads of things in place straight away. But also taking that into that consideration, sticking to your principles. So having some key principles that you work by, that you believe in, and obviously they're the things that there's probably the initial things that you're going to start pushing in any sort of new program. Being curious as well, a really important trait for a coach, I think, um, especially going into a new sport or a sport you've not worked in. He spoke a lot about emotional intelligence as well. And I think there's so much into this um, where we probably need to start thinking about how we, we train this sort of area of coaching or just generally um, communicating with people as well. And then just finally where he spoke about learning from players. There's a lot of lessons we can take away from players. And obviously we'll, everyone, no matter what job you're in or what role you're in, you're probably working with something pretty experienced players unless you're in sort of academy settings. So um, you can learn a lot of lessons from them. They've been in, under a lot of coaches. They've worked with a lot of teammates and the different head coaches or managers or SNC coaches, sports scientists. So there's a lot of lessons to be learned along the way. And I think we need to sort of make sure that we're taking the most from the players that we're working with, as well as them taking uh, plenty from us as well. So I really enjoyed this episode. Neil was absolutely fantastic, as I expected him to be. Um, I sort of followed his journey for quite a while now. So it was great to finally get him on the podcast and touch on some of the stuff we did. I hope you enjoyed it as well. As always, please give us a share over on social media. I really appreciate everyone that does that. And I'll speak to you again next week in episode 131.